You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Second Corinthians 12 and verse number 1. The Bible says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. Verse 3, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise, and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear. Lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We pray that you'd speak to us from the Word of God. I thank you that we have uh, the Word of God that we can read, we can study. Uh, I thank you we have the Word of God by which we can live our lives and we can uh, have a roadmap uh, to know the direction we should go. I thank you that we have the Bible as a foundation uh, whereupon we can build our lives and anchor our lives. And I pray that you would speak to us today as we look at this subject of promotion. I pray that you would please uh, help us on this day as we have uh, honored our graduates and this day as we have seen uh, the children promote into their classes. I pray that you would please help us now uh, to, to capture these truths. I pray that we would be attentive. I pray that our focus and our attention would be upon what you have for us from your word today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. The word promotion, and this is Promotion Sunday and Graduation Sunday, the word promotion is found twice in the Bible. Now, that idea is found in other places, but the word promotion, it literally means exaltation. It means to be lifted up. It means to be exalted. Uh, it means literally to be promoted. Proverbs 3, the Bible says, The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. Now, that's not the kind of promotion I want. I don't want shame. I don't want the promotion of fools. The promotion I want is found in Psalm 75. And you can turn there if you want, or you can just listen. But Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7, the Bible says, For promotion cometh. Now, I want to pay attention to this because I want to know where promotion comes from. I want to know how to experience this kind of promotion. Uh, by the way, we're not talking about 
the promotion uh, at your job. Uh, how many of you know that a promotion at work is not always a good thing? How many of you understand that, okay? How many of you have ever had promotion where they said, congratulations, you just got promoted. You don't get a pay raise. You don't get any more benefits. You don't get a better schedule, but you get more work and you get more responsibility. Congratulations on your promotion, right? Um, promotions are not always a good thing, especially if it's coming from a man or if it's coming from a, a person or if it's coming from a business. However, if promotion comes from God, that's the kind of promotion I want. That's the kind of benefit, that's the kind of blessing I want. It says in Psalm 75, verse 6, Promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but it doesn't mention the north. Now, I know that kind of is a bitter pill to swallow for us southerners, right? We'd like to think that real promotion comes from the south, but it says it doesn't come from the east. It doesn't come from the west, and it doesn't come from the south, but it leaves out the north. That's interesting. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel 14, here's the reason why. Lucifer in heaven, before he and the angels were kicked out of heaven for rebellion against God, Lucifer said this, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Lucifer said, I'm going to promote myself. I'm going to lift myself up to the throne of God. And then he says this, I'm going to lift myself up and I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Interesting. You could probably quote this verse with me, Psalm 48 verse 2. The Bible says, beautiful for situation is the city uh, of our God in Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. You know why in Psalm uh, 75, it leaves out the north? Because in scripture, that was the reference, that was the place to where God's throne was located. In Leviticus chapter one, the people were commanded to bring those animal sacrifices and they were to kill those sacrifices. And here's what it says in Leviticus 1, verse 11. He shall kill it on the side of the altar northward. On the side of the altar northward before the Lord. Interesting. So Psalm 75 tells us where promotion comes from. Doesn't come from the east, doesn't come from the west, doesn't come from the south. Promotion comes from the throne of God. And I want to remind you today, that's the promotion we all should seek. Promotion is not in a title. Say, well, I'm the manager. I'm the supervisor. I'm the CEO. Uh, I'm the owner. Uh, I'm the chief. I'm the captain. I'm the sergeant. I'm the general. Uh, I'm the president. I'm the governor. I'm the mayor. That's not real promotion. Real promotion is what comes from God. Real promotion is when God blesses and God exalts us. How many of you know that it's a, an amazing promotion? The day you got saved when you became a child of God. That's a great title to have. It's a great title that you could be a man of God or you could be a lady of God. It's an amazing title when you can be a godly father. 
Or you could be a godly mother, a godly husband, a godly wife, a godly teenager, a godly person that would serve God. That's the kind of title I want. That's the kind of promotion I desire. We should and we must desire to be promoted, not by man, but to be promoted by God. Notice with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we see the Apostle Paul talks about this idea of promotion. He says in verse 1, it is not expedient, it's not necessary or beneficial for me to glory. He says, I come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Now, Paul knew something about being lifted up because the Bible tells us that Paul was caught up by the Lord. He was caught up into heaven. He beheld the glory of God. He beheld the throne of God. He beheld things in heaven that he said, it's not even lawful for me to utter. He said, I've got to keep my mouth shut. It's funny, in a few other passages, he kind of starts to tell about some things he saw. He saw heaven and he couldn't keep his mouth shut. And by the way, when you get a glimpse of God and you get a glimpse of heaven, and when God does a work in your heart, you're not going to be able to keep your mouth shut. You're going to have to tell somebody about how good God is. Uh, you're going to have to, as the Rochester is saying, you're going to have to say, God's been good to me. I just can't keep it quiet. I just can't, I can't shut up. I've got to let the world know God's been good. But Paul talks about some things that he could have gloried in, he could have boasted in, he could have been exalted in. He says in verse number seven, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. Here's what Paul had. Paul had God speaking to him. Much of the New Testament was given to us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul says, that's not what I'm going to glory in. I'm not going to glory in the fact that God has told me things and God has showed me things and God has allowed me to write some of the Bible and God has allowed me to be caught up into heaven. He said, I'm not going to glory in that. But Galatians chapter 6, Paul said, there's only one thing that I'm going to glory in. There's only one thing I'm going to boast in. And you know what that is? He said, I'm going to glory in the cross. I'm going to thank God for the day that Jesus Christ died on that cross and saved my soul and put my name in the Lamb's book of life. And friend, I want to tell you, that's what we have to glory in. That's what we have to boast in. That's the greatest day in your life was the day that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you got born again. That's what promotion is all about. But Paul talks about glory and he talks about boasting and he talks about reasons wherewith we could perhaps brag. But Paul said, I'm not going to brag in those things. He said, I just want to brag on Jesus. I just want to talk about how good God's been. I want to talk about the cross. Number one, we see in this passage, Paul's reference to promotion or being exalted or being lifted up. Number two, we see Paul talks about prevention. He says in verse number seven, and lest I should be exalted above measure. He says, there's a problem. He said, if I'm not careful, God has blessed me and God has spoken to me and God has showed me some things. And Paul said, if I'm not careful, I start to think that I'm somebody. He said, I could be exalted above measure. That word above measure literally means exalted to a place where you get proud of what you have done. Now, I want to tell you, that's a dangerous place to be. Because the Bible tells us that God hates pride. The Bible says that pride goeth before destruction 
and an haughty spirit before a, a fall. So Paul said, I've got to prevent this from happening in my life. He said, lest I should be exalted above measure. He said, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Now, that phrase, there was given to me, that means that there was something that God allowed in Paul's life, and it wasn't good, by the way. You know, sometimes we think, oh, God, God blesses and God gives us all these good things, and anything bad in our life, it comes from the devil. Well, anything that bad happens in our lives is because God allowed those things to happen. Think about Job. Look at all the things that happened to Job. You know who allowed that? God allowed it. But Paul said, there were some things that were given to me, a thorn in the flesh. He says it was the messenger of Satan who was sent to buffet me. Now that word buffet, that may be a good word when you see that on the sign of a restaurant, okay? It's not pronounced that way. It's pronounced buffet, I think, right on the restaurant sign. But this word buffet is not a good word. You know what this word buffet means? It means to be beaten. Literally, it's the idea of somebody taking a club or somebody taking a stick and beating you with that stick. Have you ever felt like Satan's doing that to you? Have you ever felt like you're getting beat by the devil? You ever feel like he's just whacking you on the head and you just can't get a break? Well, Paul said this. He said, I had a thorn in the flesh. I had a messenger of Satan and he was sent to buffet me. He said, and that is what kept me from being exalted above measure. He said, God allowed that so that I could be prevented from becoming proud. He says, there were given to me infirmities. The word infirmity is the word weakness. Can I tell you, we all have weaknesses. We all have burdens. We all have difficulties. We all face trials. And Paul was not the exception. Paul had many trials. Paul had many weaknesses. The Bible says in the book of James, if you'd like to turn over there, James chapter 4, the Bible says in verse number 6 that God resisteth the proud, but He giveth grace to the humble. Verse 10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of God, and He shall lift you up. You see, Paul said, I've got all kinds of things I could boast in, but just so that I didn't get proud, God sent some burdens into my life. God sent some trials into my life to keep me humble. Can I tell you, we don't like the burdens and we don't like the trials, but sometimes those are the greatest things that ever happen in our lives because they keep us humble. They keep us at a point where we realize how much we need God. Number three, we see not only the promotion and the prevention, but number three, we see Paul's preference. He says in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse number um, uh, 10, he says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. He said, I'm actually choosing infirmities. I think it's a good thing that I have these infirmities and that I have reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. Notice verse number nine. Most, in the middle of the verse, most gladly, therefore, Will I rather glory in my infirmities? Now, now look at that, look at that wording there. Paul says about infirmities, he said, I'm not even going to complain about it. I'm not even going to gripe about it. 
He said, I'm not even going to say, oh, poor me. I've got it so bad. Life's so hard. He said, most gladly. He said, I'm going to be happy about it. I'm going to go through trials and I'm going to rejoice in the trial. I'm going to have weaknesses and problems and difficulties and burdens and I'm going to be a happy camper about it. Boy, wouldn't that be great? You know, for us in the United States of America in 2022, we have problems that much of the world would love to have our problems. Oh, can you believe how expensive gas is? No, I can't believe it, to be honest with you. But I'm not going to let the price of gas ruin my life. I'm not going to let the price of gas ruin my day. I was preaching a couple weeks ago. I was preaching at a, a Christian school chapel uh, down in um, Wilson, North Carolina. And I was preaching. I was talking about things that we sometimes complain about. And I was thinking the children, I thought they'd say, you know, homework or, you know, I got to go to bed at this time or, you know, I've got to eat, you know, something for lunch that I don't like. And there's a little uh, sixth grade boy in the front row. He had his hand raised. He was ready. He raised his hand and I said, what are some things people complain about? He raised his hand. He said, the price of gas. I thought that sixth grade boy has never bought a gallon of gas in his life. But you know what? That's what he's heard. And here's the thing. I want to tell you that the price of gas, that might be the thing that gets you back on your knees. I was a little quiet on that one. You know why? Because we don't like infirmities. We don't like burdens. We don't like trouble. But sometimes it's the trouble that gets us back to the Lord. Sometimes when that bank account's going good and everything's fine, we think we don't need the Lord. But Paul said, most gladly will I rather glory or boast in my infirmities. That was his preference. Jesus said in Matthew 23, whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Paul said, I would rather have the problems to keep me humble rather than to be lifted up in pride and suffer the judgment of God in my life. I see number one, the promotion Paul talks about. Number two, prevention. Number three, his preference, his choice. He said, I would rather glory in my infirmities. But then number four, I want you to see this. This is so amazing. Paul talks about the power of Christ. Notice what it says in Verse number nine, at the end of the verse, he says that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul says, I want to experience the power of Jesus Christ in my life. Notice verse number 10, the end of the verse, for when I am weak, then am I strong. You see, human reasoning says this. When we go into a difficult situation, we want to be at our best, right? Maybe you got a, a, a big project at work, okay? So what do you do? You get rested up. You make sure that you've got everything lined up and everything set out the night before and you make sure you're, you've gone over your, your presentation and you've gone over it again and everything's ready and you get a good night's sleep and you, you get a good breakfast and you get a cup of coffee in the morning, right? So you're on your A game and you're ready for that project at work. You don't look at a big project and say, you know, I think I'll stay up all night. I think I'll get no sleep. I think I'll starve myself. I think I'll make sure that I have to pull my clothes out of the, the hamper, you know, and they won't even be right. You don't do that. You want to be at your best. When I was in high school, 
uh, brother, uh, brother Dan uh, went to this school for a while. Um, and as a matter of fact, Rihanna and uh, Robert uh, went to this school, graduated, and one goes to school. Uh, East Moline Christian School is where I graduated uh, in 1997. We moved there when I was in my junior year. And so my senior year, I was playing on a new basketball team. I'd never played on this team before. And they had a good team that year. Um, they had a good team before I got there. But when I got there, let me tell you, uh, those bottles of water had never got filled up so good. And those bottles of water never got passed so good on that bench as when I got there. Uh, and then I guess I did so well passing the bottles, they let me get in the game once in a while. And we had a good time. We had a good season. We were getting ready. We were wrapping it up the end of the year. We went to a tournament in Indiana, and it was a double elimination tournament. And the way it worked, we played, I think it was six games in two days. I mean, it was insane. And uh, we just kept, several times we played, we got done playing, and they said, all right, take 10 minutes, get a drink of water, and you're back hot. You know, it was crazy. And we got done with that tournament, and we got back to the championship game. We lost that tournament. Uh, it was a, teams from all over, several states were there, and it was really a good tournament. We almost won, we got second place. But that was okay, because the next weekend was our Illinois State Tournament. And I'll be honest with you, I'd been going to that state tournament for many years with the other school in Rockford, and I felt like with our team, I felt like this might be our year. I felt like we might win. So going into that state tournament, you want to be at your best, right? Well, the problem is we did not go in at our best. We had one of our guys that got food poisoning, um, Dave Charrington. He got food poisoning uh, that week before. And I, well, I don't know what he ate. I, I think we had some pizza and I think we had some seafood. And I don't know if he, you know what high school people do, right? If you have leftovers... No need to refrigerate it, right? Just keep it in the motel room, you know, and it'll be fine. It'll be a good snack. I don't know what happened. He got food poisoning. I think it was Dave or John. One, then the other one got hurt, and those were two of our best players. One guy had food poisoning, and he was sick all week. The other guy got injured at that tournament in Indiana. So we go into this Illinois state tournament, and can I tell you, it was not pretty because we did not go in at our best. We were down two of our best players, and uh, we, were, we were not prepared. We didn't do well like we should have done. Well, humanly speaking, you want to be at your best when you're facing the hardest time. But notice what Paul says. Paul says, with Christ, it's the opposite. He said, it's when I am weak, that's when I'm strong. It's in my weakness that Christ's strength is made perfect. Now, as we talk about the power of Christ, first of all, I want you to know, we're talking about the power of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's some amazing power. When we talk about the power of Christ, we're talking about the one that not only created the oceans and not only created the wind and the waves, but the one that could say, peace, be still, and calm the storm. That's the power of Christ. But then we go a step further. I think the greatest demonstration of the power of Jesus Christ was after he had been beaten and after he had been whipped and after he had been scourged and after he had a crown of thorns driven into his skull and he had nails driven into his hands and nails into his feet and he hung on a cross and he died on a cross and his body was placed in a grave. And Jesus Christ at his weakest, Jesus Christ at his lowest, he still had the power to conquer death. 
He still had the power to rise again. He still had the power to conquer hell and to conquer Satan. Can I tell you, that's some amazing power right there. That's, I believe, the power of Christ that Paul is talking about. He said Jesus Christ had the power to raise himself from the dead. And if Jesus could raise himself from the dead, he can help you when you feel like you're dead. He can help you when you're at your weakest. He can help you when you don't feel strong. He can help you when the burdens don't seem like they're ever going to end. That's when his power, not only can it come upon you, but it says his power can rest on you. That's what I want. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, pick up the power and then have to turn it back in. I don't want to experience it for a few minutes. I don't want to experience it for a few hours. I want the power of Christ to rest upon me. I want it to dwell upon me. I want to have it and I want to know that it's real. And can I tell you, you're not going to get the power of God and I'm not going to get the power of God when we're strong. You're going to get the power of God when you're weak. And the power of God is made perfect. It's made complete when we are weak. We see not only the promotion, the prevention. We see Paul's preference. We see the power of Christ. But then lastly, we see the perfection. We see the completion. The, the, the completion of Christ's work in us is done not when we are the strongest, but when we are the weakest. The power of Christ is not made perfect when we have no problems. It's made perfect when we've got a lot of problems. Christ's strength is made perfect not when we have no burdens, but it's made perfect when we have burdens that are too heavy for us to carry. Eight and a half years ago, my wife and I, we came here to visit Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, and we, we had a great plan. We decided that we wanted to come and we wanted to be at our very best. You didn't know us and we didn't know you. We came in for a Sunday through Wednesday, a winter revival, December the 15th through the 18th of 2013. And we flew in and we thought, we know what we're going to do. We're going to get a red-eye flight. We had a meeting Friday evening we had to be in. We're going to get a red-eye flight. And these two little angels down here, Lacey and Savannah, they were two and a half years old. It's going to be perfect. They're going to sleep on that red-eye flight. They're going to sleep on the plane. We might even sleep on that plane. We're going to get there. We're going to have plenty of time. We're not going to be rushed. We're going to get to take our time and relax a little bit on Saturday, catch our breath, get a good night's sleep Saturday, and we'll be ready for Sunday. Didn't work out like that, Lacey. I see that smile. Savannah, they look so innocent right now. But first of all, they didn't sleep on the plane. You know, of course, that would, that would really, uh, that'd be way too easy, you know, to sleep on a plane through the night. And then that next day, you know, we were all just, we were all shot. And so then that night, we're, we're going to bed at the motel, and Lacey and Savannah decide, hey, we're not tired. And so they were up half the night. Joanna, actually, at one point, I, I was sleeping in the motel. She took them out. She was driving around Roanoke Rapids in the middle of the night, you know, just trying to get them to go to sleep. And then the next day, I got up to preach. I still, I don't know what in the world I preached that day. That Sunday afternoon, I met with our pulpit committee, and they asked me questions, and honestly, I don't even know if I knew my own name, you know. 
Uh, we went to eat. We went out to eat. Brother Edmund and Miss Cheryl, we went with you folks. And Brian and Jennifer Short were in the early service. I was talking about going with them. And we went out with the Askews. And we went out with different church members. And can I tell you, these two little precious girls, they were little monkeys. They were little rascals. They were all over the place. I don't even feel like we got to have a conversation with anybody we went to eat with. We tried to be at our best. And we weren't. But can I tell you, even when you feel like things are at their worst, that's when God comes through and gives you his best. It is in our weakness that God's strength is perfect. Now, that goes against our reasoning because we want everything to be in order. We want everything to be arranged. We want everything to be figured out. We want to have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. We want to have all the answers. And God says, no, because if you've got all the answers, then you don't need me. And I want to tell you this. I want to be promoted. Not by man, not by this world. I want to be promoted by God. See, so how does God lift you up? When we humble ourselves before God. He says, in due time, he will lift us up. Would you leave the promotion up to God? Would you let God help you in your work? Let God help you in your family. Let God help you in your marriage. Let God help you young people with decisions that you're making. And let God guide you. Let God do the promoting. And when you let God do the promoting, I promise you, you'll never be disappointed. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.